Today, on Commitment to Truth. One of the greatest evidence I've seen in a local church is this, is that when someone needs help and then the church surrounds themselves around them and then their family sees the response of compassion from the church. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we begin a series titled, The Evidence. We regularly hear the word blessed being loosely used within the body of Christ. We even witness throughout the world people seemingly with no awareness of the goodness of God. But what does it really mean to be blessed? Or what does it mean to live a blessed life? This sermon series will teach us how to become aware of the evidence of blessing and to safeguard the evidence in order to live a blessed life in Christ. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. So here's a few ways that compassion uh, should be displayed based on some other scripture. There should be compassion for the needy. Listen to what 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18 says. We know love by this, and he laid down his life for us. He laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. But whoever has worldly goods and sees his brother or sister in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God remain in him? Little children, let's not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. See a person struggling, but it's like, nah, you know, let me pray for you. Go and be filled and take care of you. Book of James talks about. I have the resources and I'm not stepping in to help. Compassion should also be for the disobedient. Yes, the disobedient. <laughs> and we all fit that category, believe it or not. But, but let's say today that you haven't disobeyed God in the last year. <laughs> what, what then should you do for those who are disobedient to God? Or maybe you can apply this even. One interpretation, many applications. Maybe the application could be also in parenting. Just saying. Because last time I checked, I was a little bit rebellious. I heard I was so rebellious that when I couldn't even walk, I was crawling out of the, my crib, getting my siblings in trouble, thinking that they took me out of the crib. <laughs> my, my, my older sisters were getting spankings, like, don't you take that boy out of the crib? What are you doing? They're like, Mommy, we're not taking him out of the crib. Yes, you are taking him out of the crib. Then one day, my, my mother walks by the room. I'm climbing out of the baby bed. Baby bed. Couldn't even walk yet. So my spirit of rebelliousness was way back then. So even for the disobedient, Romans chapter 11, verse 30 through 32 says this, for just as you once were disobedient to God, so you weren't, so let's say you're having a good month, a good year, a good week, or a good day, but now have been shown mercy because of their disobedience. So these also now have, these also now have been disobedient, that because of the mercy shown to you, they also may now be shown mercy. 
For God has shut up all disobedience so that he may show mercy to all. You know, one of the greatest displays of God's mercy is you and I. How we treat others when they are in sin. How do we treat others when, you know, it's like uh, I'm a ministry team leader and those you serve don't show up on time. And <laughs> it's like, do you show mercy? It's like, come on. Now, you mean to tell me you used to be on time all the time? Now, again, you know, before you got serious about Jesus, right? Now, again, there's, there's mercy in that and there's conversation in that. You follow me? But at the end of the day, it's like, come on, slow your roll. You weren't always, you weren't always like sold out for Christ. And it's amazing how Christians, mature Christians, we get selective amnesia. It's like we forget we used to be like really bad people. It's like preachers like me. We forget like, yeah, bro, you the chief sinner. And we have these selective amnesia, but the scriptures are very clear. No, no, listen. You've been shown mercy, so you need to be shown mercy. Matter of fact, if you struggle with that, he shut it all up through the finished work of Jesus Christ, so you will be empowered to show mercy. No excuse. No, no excuse. Then there's also compassion for the afflicted. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all all our afflictions, and please, two key, one key word mentioned twice just, just there. All comfort. In other words, no matter where you need comfort, he has all comfort to touch you in every area that you need to be comforted. Simple three-letter word, all comfort. Then he also says, who comforts us in all our afflictions. So he has all the comfort for everything and all things that you will ever be afflicted in so that we will be able to then do what? Comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which you also are comforted by. So this is what God would do just for just a quick example. God would then say, okay, well, maybe you haven't experienced death yet of your mom or your dad or someone closer, but I comforted you somewhere else in your life. So you better reach down deep down inside of you and allow me to somehow reach through you so you can comfort your brother or your sister who just lost their loved one. Because one day, guess what's going to happen to your mom and dad? Right? You hear of a brother or sister lose their job. One of the first things that happens in Christians like, well, well, what sin are they in? They must be sinning against God. That's why God took their job away. Maybe God is setting them up for a better job. You don't know. We don't know. But what should kick in is Compassion. It's like, wow, sorry to hear that. Anything we could do for you and your family? You need food? You're good? Is, is it making sense? So again, you may not have ever lost your job, 
but you've lost something. That the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ comforted you in. So therefore, you need to, we need to then say, God, God, empower me. I, know, I haven't really experienced that, but God, help me to help them. Verse 5, it says, again, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through who? There it is. Christ did all the suffering to empower us to do all the comforting. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. Sometimes we go through, and we don't know why we're going through suffering. Trust me. Continue to walk with Jesus. He'll show you later on. It's just the way it happens. But then there's this compassion for the lost. We find in Matthew 9, Jesus really expressed in Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38, he says, Jesus was going throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every sickness. So if you could imagine, Jesus was just living life. Just doing life. Or you could say doing ministry. He was just doing the Father's will. And lo and behold, guess what happens? Seeing the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. We got to see this, church. We can't just be so busy in life that we don't see the sheep without shepherds, without a shepherd. Listen, we can't even be so focused in ministry We can be out doing community outreach and still look past the lost sheep. Thank you for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We'll continue with the second part of the message right after this. Influencing your world. Have you ever wondered why you were born where you were born? Why this family? Why this particular community? Why this part of the world? Why do I have these friends? Why this school at this time? Why this church? It's simple. God, through his sovereign wisdom, he knows precisely what you need to fulfill his purposes in you for his glory. You can purchase this book and others by Cedric Brown at cedricbrown.com. Thank you again for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We now return for the second half of our message. Jesus provides a great example. And this is what Jesus says. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. So can I connect some dots here when it comes to compassion and even being motivated to go and to do and model Jesus? Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he may provide. Well, first of all, the, the harvest is white, is ripe. So that's one indicator 
of going. Something is going on out there. I probably need to partner with the Lord and go. Secondly, it, it says that the, the workers are few. So both of them are hinged upon compassion. In other words, if, if you're not out there saying, oh, dang, people are lost. You know what you'll do? Never think people are lost. And you know what you'll do? Never go. It's just that black and white, church, is that if you're not in tune that there are lost people, there's no reason for me to go. And that's me too. Because you know what I could do? I can get so caught up in you who are no longer lost. (laughs) And forget there's still billions of other people that are lost that need Jesus. So we can't stop going. We can't stop working. We can't not shrink back on our compassion because compassion is a motivator and the engine for evangelism. You don't have compassion for people, you will never tell people about Jesus. Because you'll be so, we will be so inwardly focused. It's just be about my camp, it's about me and my life, protecting my emotions, protecting myself from embarrassment. Well, I'm not going to risk myself and be embarrassed to tell that stranger about Jesus. And it's all about me, all about me, all about me. And compassion is nowhere to be found. Therefore, there would be this big harvest out there, and the laborers are few. So he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Why? Ultimately, you know what the the Lord of the harvest is doing? He's dealing with hearts when you pray. That's really what he's doing. He's, He's stirring hearts to be motivated to go. Compassion. Compassion is exactly what the world must see first for them to want more of it from God. It needs to ooze out of us so they can say, I want more of what you have and where you're getting it from. Jesus. Lastly for today, humility, dying, gentleness, pursuits, compassion, you find in verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So think about this. <laughs> There's a group of people who's like, no, I don't want to see God. You ever been there? It's like, God, don't, don't be showing up in my house. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so have you ever been praying and like you just feel like God's like there? It's like, where's he at? You know, and you get the chills, you know, and everything's like, okay, God is looking at me like really closely tonight, right? And it's like, okay, God, right? But then there's other times that it's like, I really, really want to see him. So we many times go to these extremes like, no, no. No, God, you can keep your distance. (laughs) And then there's times, oh, no, God, I just want to, I just need to be close to you. And all all of it, both extremes are hinged upon the content of your hearts, our hearts. Is it pure or not? 
the evidence of the power and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ is found in the purity of a person's heart. Keep in mind, it's not a perfect heart. It's a pure heart. It's not a perfect heart. It's a clean heart. And that's why if you look at this word pure, it's to be clean, purified by fire, like a vine cleansed by pruning, and so fit to bear fruit. So think about that for a minute. So there may be seasons in your life that you, you're just not bearing fruit and or you're not that kind of pure. So therefore, he comes in and to, as a vine dresser and just to make you what? Pure. And we all have seasons like that. That there's this pruning that is necessary to be fit to bear fruit. But then it goes on to say, free from corrupt desires. And that's always tension on this side of heaven. It's free from sin and guilt. Sincerely genuine. And that's probably where the rubber meets the road in Christianity today. Are you really, really legit? Not asking you to be perfect. But are you genuine? Are you the real deal? To be blameless, innocent, unstained with the guilt of anything. How can someone be unstained with the guilt of anything? Well, it's because when it happens, you deal with it. You don't just let it stay. To stay. You follow me? Yeah, when I was a kid, didn't have much. But what we sure did have was a lot of patches and a lot of dye. A lot of dye. You follow what I'm saying? In other words, it's like, oh, shucks, those jeans. Well, back then, faded jeans wasn't in, right? So it's like, with well, the jeans are fading, so mama would go get some blue dye. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It just let that thing sit overnight in a little tub, and that, that newness comes back. Right? And you trick your friends, and they think that, oh, guess what? You got some new jeans. No, my mama just stained them, and I won't tell you she stained them. <laughs> right? So, so that's kind of like us. It's like, yeah, what are we doing? Are we being stained by the blood of Jesus? Are we being stained by the guilt of sin? Our purity of heart suggests that there's nothing within us that can ever hinder our experience with God. Is that God, yeah, I'm a sinner, but I've corrected that. Yeah, I know I got a problem with that guy, my brother, but I'm going to fix that. I know, you know, that sister is like, just something, I don't know, we don't really get along. Fix it. Well, you know, I just keep slipping up over and over again, you know. But, you know, he's just so good looking and handsome. Uh, you know, when he walks by me, his cologne just, <laughs> I'm like Pepe Le Pew. I'm dating myself. If you know what Pepe Le Pew is, Google that. You know, and, 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 and you know, and it's just, I'm just so captivated by, oh. And then you just, you find yourself staying by sin again. Deal with it. If he doesn't love Jesus, he haven't asked you to marry him, see ya. Just as quick as that. There's no obligation, trust me. 
to me, this is synonymous with David, King David. We know that he was a murderer, adulterer, murderer, premeditated murderer. We know he had pride numbers men, numbered his men. Those are one of his three like major sins that were noted in scriptures. But yet, at the end of the day, God said he's a man after God's own heart. And at the end of the day, you know why Israel is not destroyed? It's because of the promises of God. And he also says, because of my servant David. Can you imagine if God says that about you and I? That, you know, because of you, John, Larry, Sarah, Cedric, Mary, Sue, that you know what? Because of you, Cedric and Lisa, I'm going to take care of your children. Because you chose to deal with things. It's going to reverberate into children yet unborn. That's how deep it is. Don't worry about other people dealing with their sin or not. Make sure you're clean. And that's why he says he's coming back for a church that is without spot or blemish. He didn't say he's coming back for a perfect church. He's coming back for a church that all of their undergarments are clean. Where nobody else sees that bride who has purchased new gar- undergarments, right, ready for her wedding day, that nobody else sees but what? Her, his husband. Her husband. No, her husband. You know? You know, that, that purity is like, no, no, no. This, I am so clean that nobody else sees but, who sees, going to see this but him. And that's what I believe God wants for all of us. Like, no, you know those places that nobody else knows about but me? Meaning, God, I need you to manage those, Cedric. You see, you can put on a show and be like, okay, well, yeah, all this other outward stuff that everybody else sees and everybody would say, oh, great job, great job. But yet that silent issue of the heart that all of us have, how are you managing that? Right, because those silent things are the things that can prevent you and I from seeing God. Thank you again for listening to our series, The Evidence, from Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Through this series, we hope you are encouraged and aware of how to live a blessed life in Christ. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening and have a blessed and wonderful day.